You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Bollet, as always, as the preseason marches on, and we are officially halfway through the preseason and uncomfortably close to the regular season. At this point, two more preseason games in the books, a 3-2 to two win over the Vegas Golden Knights and a 4-2 to two loss against basically the full Minnesota Wild team that nobody could watch because it wasn't on television. So I didn't even know how much we're even going to talk about that game. But what I wanted to lead off this show with is... This preseason, more than ever, just feels really good, doesn't it? It feels like there's a lot of things that are just working right now. The competition for fourth line forward right now and how good the new guys look. The vibes are just super high around this team right now. And I'm I'm loving everything that I'm hearing and seeing. It's just totally different from last year. Completely. Like last year, last year just felt rushed and it was like we just want to go to the season. This year, you're right. It it feels like there's an actual competition. There's actually quality NHL players competing for roster spots. It's not Martin Kaut, who <laughs> we have to figure out what he's going to be. Who's no uh, longer in the NHL anymore. Yeah. Worthy to add. Right. Like we have actual quality NHL players fighting for spots. Uh, and it, it feels good. It, it makes the preseason games feel more valuable because there's actually competition this year. And to go back to your point, like we had talked about it uh like I think when we recorded the last episode, like, oh yeah, we have games, we, we can watch them. And then we go literally the next game and it's it's 2023 and there's not even a fucking streaming option available for it. Right. Like, like, what are we doing here, man? Like, this, this is ridiculous. Because like, I remember like there was a game against Minnesota in the preseason a couple of years ago that the Wild like at least streamed on their YouTube. Yeah, I remember there was like sons of like the mics never cut out. So the announcers were always like they were always yeah. it was a hot mic. Like it was it was janky and it looked like shit. It was like you were watching on the scoreboard. I'll I'll still take that. I'll I'm right. still gonna watch it because I'm a psychopath, but like it Connor McGahey, awesome, best radio voice in the league. It's I'm trying to to analyze what's going on on the ice. It, it's hard to do that over the right. radio. I just kind of have to rely on what everyone's telling me is happening in the game 
yeah, it, it just blows my mind that there wasn't even like a single streaming option available for it. And like we had video from the game, like they showed right. the goal. There are cameras like, there. Cameras there do cameras exist. There. I know what goes into these things. You have cameras. Right. Like it, it was just crazy to me that they didn't have it. Um, but like you said, it was it was a uh, basically against the wild. You were playing the full Minnesota wild team like you were like they, they had pretty much everyone out there. Kaprizov out there. And once I saw that lineup, I was like, this game could be like seven to one. Like it yeah. really could be. And the the boys battled pretty hard and they found a way to score twice. They made the game close. I think it's very funny that Mark andre Fleury gave up two goals to basically an AHL lineup. Um, but it is the preseason and we are just going off of what Twitter told us about that game. Yeah. I mean, the, the fact that it was four to two, I'm absolutely impressed by. I mean, you got goals from from Tufty and Steinberg in this game. I mean, the Wild had Kaprizov score on like their first shot. Kaprizov yeah. played this entire game. Had like I love the video points. from that because it's like, why is Kirill Kaprizov just right in front of the net by himself? Right. Like, that's the one player you do not want to leave in front of the net. But it's like he played the entire game, had like four breakaways, but that was his only goal. Yeah. It's like, how how proud am I of this? As, as a he's not trying to put anything on tape, man. Not trying to put anything on tape for the Avs later in the future, but well, because we, um, wouldn't, we wouldn't know how to deal with that clearly. Yeah, yeah, it was just funny. It's like, hey guys, that's probably the one guy on the wild you shouldn't leave for Eustace Annan to take by himself. And you know what? He he stopped him on two different breakaways in the rest of the game. So I mean, that very much got his blood pumping. But I mean, there's not a whole lot to say about this game because obviously I didn't see it. It was not possible to see. But it seemed like Annan played pretty well. He stopped 31 of 34 shots in this game. And Bednar also pointed out that Malinsky had a strong finish to this game. He also said that Malinsky's camp has been a little quiet in his opinion. So interesting to see how they're going to go down that road in the future. But really, it's just marching on another game in the preseason. Talking about the Vegas game is going to be much more interesting because we saw it. Yeah, that, that Vegas game was fun. I mean, it's just always good to see see a game on uh, at Ball Arena. But uh I'm having trouble remembering what happened in that game. If I'm being honest with you, <laughs> you, you don't you don't remember what happened? The thing, the big. Oh thing. yeah, Curtis McDermott scored. Yeah, I was pretty bummed about that that I missed that. But he he's followed it up, man. He played good against the Wild too. Like he had his uh, he he was the highest rated player for the Avs analytically. So I mean, yeah, just another day. One thing we know about Curtis McDermott, he is an analytical darling. Yeah, stuff. he he's was great, man. He was great, and uh, yeah, he had that goal. It was the most Curtis McDermott goal ever. Um, because he lays a big hit to uh, set up the play. And then I forget who fed him, who gave him the puck to score. You're yeah, I have no idea. Either. This was, this was on Monday and I was already half asleep on the show. Like, right. You're asking me to remember a lot here, but yeah. I mean, McDermott, it was basically just the full Curtis McDermott experience. You got everything you expect yeah. out of Curtis McDermott. He threw some crunching hits, got physical in front of the net, got reward with a goal and had some horrific defensive decisions all at the same time. It's just, it, dude, he need, coaster. he got a knee penalty in the preseason. That's hard to do. He's a psycho and yeah. he's, to- he's absolutely making the team. I know we've questioned that like, Oh, is Curtis McDermott really going to be on this roster with the competent? Yes, he is. They're not risking losing him on waivers. Don't even like get yourself in a dude. The flyers this. would pick him up so fast. I don't, I don't think he'd make it past Anaheim. Really? And that's not just because, like, oh, McDermott's this great player. I feel like teams are just going to have that, especially for a young team like the Ducks. Yeah, absolutely. They just take that guy. I mean, it's exactly why why the Avs won't put him on waivers. It's because they like having him around. 
He's a cool dude, and they're not they're not throwing the vibes up, man. Dude, I still think the funniest thing about Curtis McDermott is that he played on that Lake Erie team with Connor McDavid. Like that is just so funny to me. He clearly picked up a few things. Yeah, like he played on that. I think DeBrinket was on that team too. Like Berkey, Berkey was on that team. Like that team was loaded, and then Curtis McDermott's just there. Like it's the most random person to be on the Lake Erie Otters. Um, I also went back and like I think it was on my TikTok. It was like a McDavid highlights from his time at the Lake Erie. It's it was just unfair. (laughs) You watch him play, and you're like. Oh yeah, that's the reason why he's the best player in the world. He was doing shit that was just insane. Um, but to get back to the point, uh, that Vegas game was fun. Uh, Curtis had a goal. Forget who else scored for the Avs in that game. So you had the you had the Ryan Johansson goal. Oh yep, right. I thought he looked pretty solid. I, I thought, thought he him, looked really good. Him and Drew Ann, especially for a preseason game where you have to manage your expectations, I thought they looked fantastic. Jonathan Drew Ann, I mean, he looks really good. He looks comfortable is the word I'd use to describe him. It look both of them. I know it's preseason and I'm getting ahead of myself, but it, it looks in the body language. Like they just have the weight of the world lifted off of their shoulders. And yes, this can all change when you get to the regular season, but just based on how they're skating, just even how they looked on the bench, they just look like they're having a, a grand old time. They just look like they are so happy. Well, and I love the thing, like the biggest thing you keep hearing about Joanne is his hockey IQ. Like his hockey IQ is off the charts and we, we still haven't seen that change. Like the lines at practice day, he was with Ranton and McKinnon on the top line. Like the more that this preseason goes on, the more and more comfortable I am with him being on that top line. And he is a distributor. I, I think he'll fit in well on that top line. And then when you look at Johansson, I hope I pronounced that right. Cause we had a guy chirping us uh, after the last episode. That yeah. You know, I was, if I wasn't half asleep on Monday, I would have said, <laughs> stop saying Ryan Johansson. That's not. His yeah. Name. I but, know, man. That's just where we both are. I'm sorry. We appreciate you listening. Dude, the, he didn't the, throw his phone at a tree. I know. I was like, damn, dude. I'm sorry, man. I didn't know I could cause someone to have such a bad day. But see, this, but, is, uh, this is the kind of impact we have now. If you fuck up enough, you're going to get someone so mad. They're going to. I know, man. Shit. I feel bad. I felt. I saw so, that tweet in the morning, and I was like, fuck, dude. I didn't even realize sorry, that. So, sorry, Ross. Thank you for listening to the show. Yeah, thanks please for listening. Man. We, we take your, your criticism. Yes, we appreciate. Yeah, don't break your phone. I can't afford to buy you. But if you one. do break it, have someone record it so I can laugh at it. Yeah, that'd be funny. But uh, I like the way he played, man. I, I think he's going to fill in on that bumper roll very well on that top power play unit, and I think he's going to be sneaky good up there. Like JT Comfort was okay, but you didn't really think of JT Comfort as a great bumper. I think. I think Ryjo can can make some plays in that bumper role. Ryan Johansson in the bumper slot over JT Comfort is such an exponential upgrade. I cannot even begin to describe it. And not even just in this game. In a lot of practices, he's looked really good in that bumper slot. And not even not to get lost on Jonathan Drouin, just even how he looked on this power play unit with Johansson and Byram and all the other guys that like are not going to be on this power play unit when the season starts. You put that guy not even on the first one, maybe even on the second one. He's going to be having a lot of fun on this power yeah. play. If, if he's making those smart decisions on the power play like he already was, and if he's got good people that can finish off some plays, it's going to look real good for him once we really start to get comfortable here. I mean, I know it's preseason and I'm getting ahead of myself. It's what you do. This preseason has really just been the best case scenario for me like almost across the board right. especially with the new guys colton looked fantastic wood looked fantastic drew ann has looked excellent johansson looks great i mean you could not be getting my hopes up more for all of these guys once the season starts the only guy that hasn't been like amazing is tatar 
and he, mainly because he's been dealing with immigration issues. And surprise, surprise, an abs player has to deal right? with immigration issues. What? Why? He played in New Jersey. I don't, there's got to be like, there's got to be something we don't know. Obviously, me and you are both American citizens. We were born in this country, so we don't have to work. We can travel freely. There's got to be something with their work visas where it's like, what's going on here? But he was a free agent signing. Like, this should have been like worked out before you signed. Like, this is crazy. How is this even a thing? Do you not? I don't get it. I'm not. We're not going down this rabbit hole again. <laughs> when but like, they said immigration in New issues. Jersey last year. I know New Jersey is a little out there sometimes. But like, it, do you require a new immigration process? You have to be. I, when I saw immigration issues, I just pictured your face freaking out like it exactly was right there because it's just yeah, it's hilarious that the outliers that have can't to see. It. It's where I start like rubbing my eyebrow and just like my my nose furrows. Oh, it's so funny, but it's it because where's Tatar from? Is he from the Czech? Czech Republic? You're asking or is me he Swiss? You're, asking, you're asking me a lot of trivia off the top of my head. Yeah, I don't know I either. I had but answers it, for you. Because it'd be really funny if he was from Finland and he had the same problems like he did. Maybe he does. Maybe he is. I don't yeah. know. For some reason, all my tabs are gone, and this is really embarrassing. But it, the thing I, is, man, I cover this up all the stuff I don't know. Yeah, this is kind of one of those things where this is where I like the preseason because in each game Slovakia. we've got. Slovakia. That kind of makes sense. Um, we've gotten to be able just to like in the first game, it was Colton, Wood, and Tatar. The second game, you had Colt or not Colton, you had Druan and Johansson. Um, like you had those guys in there, so you can kind of hyper focus on just those two. Uh, and I imagine in the third game, we'll probably see or the fourth game, excuse me, we'll have, you would imagine McKinnon probably gets in a game here pretty soon. Probably one or two. Probably yeah. one. Just, just, I mean, you saw like Ovechkin play in a game. You saw Kaprizov play in a game. McDavid's played in a game. I mean, it's just. They had Ovechkin play in a preseason game? We're testing out the power play. Like, okay. New coach, new system. Like, that's the thing. Like, you want to get everyone right. acclimated and familiar with everything again and just get your skating legs under you. I imagine they're going to put in a few more guys here, especially as we get towards the end of the preseason, but on the total opposite end of the spectrum, one of the main things that has impressed me in the preseason is all of the guys that I had no expectations for. Namely, one of the guys who unfortunately got cut, Jeremy Hansel looks phenomenal. I like yeah, he, I, I Is he going him. to the Eagles or is he going back to school? He's he's going back to play for the Thunderbirds. The Thunderbirds? Okay. Yeah. So he's gonna have his overager season and he's gonna be 21, I think, very soon. But he's going to be on the Eagles at latest next season. Yep. And this is a guy for a sixth round pick. I should not have expectations for, but they're here. And I really like the way he plays and not even just to get lost on, on Hansel. Maris Jadlika, the seventh round pick, is already performing way better than you would expect a seventh round pick to. He's giving you more than you would maybe get from a seventh round pick ever sometimes. The fact that he is even in this conversation right now is fantastic and those are your sixth and seventh round picks from this past june and they're already i wouldn't say making things difficult right now because i don't think there was ever a path to the nhl for them this season but the fact that they stuck around at all past the first wave of cuts and looked good in every game that they've been in that's a really good sign and they did not look uncomfortable on the ice jeremy hansel he does not look uncomfortable really in in any situation. He just looks so smart. And just one of the things that you can't teach guys sometimes is hockey IQ. He just knows where to be on the ice. He's got all of the right things. If he can just develop a little further 
and get another year in the WHL with Seattle and go to the AHL next year, maybe even two years, there might be something here. Granted, six-round pick, not expecting this guy to turn into a top-pair guy, but he is already well ahead of the curve for a yeah. sixth-rounder. Yeah, he's he's looked really good. Um, the thing is, is like we talked about this, the people that are most excited about this, like the young looking really good is the Colorado Eagles because they are going to be very good. When, this <laughs> when the team might starts. be disgusting. This yeah. The Eagles, like they, there's an overflow of talent on this team that might be trickling down to the Eagles who don't belong there. Right. Like it, it, it's the Eagles are very happy with all of this. And I, you're right. There's a lot of guys like we're going to talk about them later, but Ivan Ivan has all of a sudden made waves in this team now too, where it's like, this guy could be a, a potential piece. And before the rookie showcase, I just knew him for his awesome name. That's really the only thing I ever heard is like, oh, there's a guy legitimately named Ivan Ivan. I was like, what's the, what's the rest of his name? Right. No, it's just Ivan Ivan. No one has raised their stock more than him. The, the, he's on just an AHL deal right now. And he's gone from that to today at practice centering the fourth line between O'Connor and Cagliano. That doesn't mean he's going to make the team. He only has an AHL deal. He can't make the NHL right now. But if things get bad during the season again with injuries, which they probably will, it would not be a shock to see him get an NHL deal. And if he doesn't get it this year, he's going to be in that conversation again. This is a guy taking advantage of an opportunity right now and getting his name on the radar whatsoever. And for a player like that, there could not be a bigger win in training camp. That, that's the thing, man, is it's like that's another player I don't think anyone expected to be making it through the first two rounds of cuts and here he is after the first two rounds and he's still there yeah he's probably gonna stick around probably for at least a couple of cuts now i mean yeah. he, they want to give him looks because he has been impressive from the rookie showcase all the way until now he beat out peter holland yeah i mean and, holland was asked to give his pto go down to the eagles and report to camp we don't know if he's going to do it but he beat out holland which i don't know if that's a surprise but you had a guy with pretty good nhl experience and he beat that guy out. Yeah. I mean, he he beat out a lot of guys. I mean, yeah. he's, he's beat out a good number of forwards on this team. And like I said, you got to take advantage of your opportunities. And he has done that in in spades. He's looked really good. So the, the youth and the players we weren't expecting have been surprisingly good. Like it's to go back to where we started this episode with compared to last year, where it's like we know what Martin Kaut is. Like right. we know what he is, and there were no of if he could play at a fourth line level in the NFL. Right, and he could. Like, and granted, this is still a fourth line level, but there's actually a like good competition there where you watch them play, and you're like, yeah, this is actually like really good competition for these guys. So that's what I think has made this preseason a little bit different, and made honestly watching the games kind of must watch appointments. Yeah, and you look at the competition at forward right now; it is impossibly deep where you genuinely have to make some tough calls in order to to finish rounding out your roster. Because I've had Ben Myers penciled in as 4C probably since the season ended last year. I'm not so sure he gets it now. And that's not at all because of anything Ben Myers has done. It's because he's played so well. Freddie Olofsson has played so well. Huel Kiviranta has played so well. Riley Tufty has played so well. And McDermott is not going anywhere. He's the 13th forward, so you're down he's to the... He's played well, too. Uh, he's played well, too. He has played well, too, but also he's not going... It wouldn't have mattered yeah. if he's playing well. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. So you but the have... Thing I, th I saw interesting, like, did you see what Bednar said about Tufty today? 
He doesn't want him playing center. He wants him playing wing. He shouldn't. He's 26. You don't teach a guy center at 26, not the NHL level. It's just he's seeing what he's got there. He didn't like him at center, which I think takes Tufty on the outside track. That's what's tough. Especially compared to everyone else in this conversation, which is unfortunate because he's played really well in these games and he's scored goals. But that's just another guy. If you get to call him up, I feel comfortable with Tufty coming up and playing six, seven minutes a game. That's the thing. Like you, you, you have the ability to do that now. Throw him on a fourth line on the wing, not at center, and to do something. But now you look at the guys left. Ben Myers does not need to clear waivers. Freddie Olafson does, and that is a massive tiebreaker. Where if Freddie Olafson, he's probably going to get claimed. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of Freddie Olafson like players on waivers at the same time. It's a high enough chance that I don't think you can afford to take the risk with that and risk losing this player for nothing. You wait a couple weeks into the season if you do that. Yeah. And like with Ben Myers, it's not a disaster if he's in the AHL to start the season. If anything, that might be a good thing. You give him more playing time to start the season, and then you bring him up to the NHL in a little while because there's just such a glut of competition. I don't entirely know how it works with PTOs and Kiviranta and what you can do with him. If you can start him in the AHL. I think you'd have, well, we'll see what happens with Peter Holland because whatever happens with him, that's going to decide what, like I imagine that's what will happen with Kiviranta. Right. And I just, I have a hard time seeing them let Kiviranta go because he's done a really good job. I think they would have already let him go if it if it was the case where they didn't yeah. like, I I am they are significantly smarter than I am and they're right. going to figure out how to do this and not lose any players for nothing. Kiviranta has looked really good. I imagine he's going to be an option for them cuz I think he's a guy that like if guys do get hurt, I think he has more ability than Olofsson to go up in the lineup just because yeah. of more of his raw foot speed and ability to emulate maybe some other players. He played what you said, 77 games last year in the NHL, a good portion of them, if not 77 and like 80 or something yeah. like that. He played a strong portion of games last year, only at eight goals, not a superstar, but I feel as it, as it stands right now, Freddie Olsen's probably starting the season on the fourth line. I feel like that's a pretty safe bet. Ben Myers probably going to go down just because he's the guy that doesn't need to clear waivers. And I, and I agree with you. I don't think that's a bad thing. No, not at all. Not yeah. in the least bit. I know people are going to look at that and be like, oh, he failed. It's fine. It, it It is fine. And if he gets to go down to the Eagles and play 18 minutes a game, that's better for him than playing five sitting on the bench. Right. You know like what I mean? It, it allows him to continue to grow, get his confidence. I mean, we tried this with Newhook a couple of years ago and – not a bad idea to maybe give a guy a little bit more time in the AHL. And it's, it's just asset management. You know, you need someone to go down. He, go yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, it, I, I think, you know, Myers doesn't have to clear waivers, but I imagine there's a lot of teams that would take a shot on him yeah. if they if the opportunity arrives. But you talk about Ben Myers and you also have guys like Pavel, Paulin, like you have all these guys too, who their names have kind of fizzled out but those are still like guys that you could see potentially playing for the abs next year. Yeah. I mean, and with Pavel, it's unfortunate because he's been hurt this entire time and hasn't been able to get on the ice, but it sounds like he's going to be okay for when the Eagles season start and Pollen, I mean, it sucks to be him because he's been good too. Yeah. Like every, it feels like everyone has just had a really solid training camp, but you only have so many spots. And for Pollen's just, 
he's unfortunately not even in the conversation yeah. because you have so many guys who have impressed for you so far. Like well, it's and a, I like a guy like Oscar Olauson too. I thought he's I think he's played really he, well too in these. He's, these he's taken a step. You can see mentally he has taken a step. It's the same guy as last year, but he's doing a lot more of the right things. And that's what got him that goal against Vegas in that game, where he's driving the net, makes a smart play. And I mean, he's he's a big guy. And he didn't really use that before. This was the first time we've really seen with our own eyes, at least, Olauson starting to use his body and he got rewarded for it. You know what guy we haven't even talked about too because he's hurt too? John Luke Foodie. Like a guy we thought had a chance. Like he's been hurt, but that's another player who you saw flashes when he came up as well too. Compare this conversation to last year where it's like, Martin Cow is the only focus of training camp because nobody else has even a legitimate chance to make this team. We know the roster and the roster's not even full yet because everyone's hurt right now. And then Cow didn't make the team still. Right. So, and you look at all of this, like, you know, injuries are coming this season. It is the Colorado Avalanche and it is the NHL. Guys are going to get hurt and guys are going to need to get called up. I feel okay right now with the way people have impressed so far in training camp. And if things go horribly wrong this year, which there will be a point where we are thin on offense and defense, you have guys that are going to be able to come in and be serviceable for you. Cause you did not have that last year. No. Like foodie and Houdon, they did their best, but they were, so far over their heads our expectations for them were on the floor none of them got a single point and we walked away from that feeling good yeah it was like oh they played 20 minutes and they didn't they do were able bad. to be on the ice with right. the Boston Bruins and not get pounded into dust yeah like it is it feels different in the fact that a lot of these guys that we have now if they get called up you have no like fear playing them eight to ten minutes right. like I mean, they, they can at least be like serviceable where it's like you throw them out there and it's like, oh, they aren't going to cost you the game. And you don't have to have Miko Ranton and play 29 minutes in a game where McKinnon is out. Right. And obviously if like you all keep Ranta or Freddie Olsen's bumping up to third, God forbid, second line minutes. Yeah. There's a big problem, but you know what? There's really nothing you can do about that. Like it's an NHL player. Right. You know what I mean? Like if your good players are going down, like there's not really anything at your extra forwards, AHL level, that's going to be able to replace that. So that's just a problem that every team has on the table regardless. So the fact that you have players that you can at least feel like you trust at the NHL level to come in and play if things are going poorly for you is in itself a significant improvement from last Correct. year. Like we, we haven't even talked about the NHL depth in this episode, like all the guys we've just signed. We're purely talking about the guys that you, you pick around the edges with. I like this team. It feels really good right now. I, I hate how good I feel about it. Right? Like, like I feel like I, I'm just setting myself up. Yeah. We're setting ourselves up to be hurt big time. Like we're, 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 we're going back to that, uh, that girl who's, who's not the greatest for you, but she, every time you're with her, it's just so much fun. And, and this, this she, feels like a very personal example. Well, no, I mean, it could be, it could be, <laughs> it's just, it, it, it feels, it, it, it feels like, we're... like our off air conversations. <laughs> um, we we actually like I'm prepared to get hurt by this team. I am prepared at, more than I was. I think last year it was just kind of like this team, if they can find a way. Awesome. But I did not have high expectations for that team last year. Like yeah. we it project, was riding we through projected high expectations. But you, yeah, you know, yeah, you, you had the honeymoon phase with that team where it's like they just won. Like we're we're OK with ignoring some major flaws. 
but now this one, it's like they addressed a lot of the things and I think they're going to be a lot better. And it's just, it, it's a different vibe. Like you still have some concerns, but the concerns aren't, I feel like, like nuclear. Yeah, they're if not, like they're something not goes wrong. Like, yeah, yeah, okay. There's a very active competition at fourth line center. At least it's not second line center. Right. I'm. Right. Like it, it, and even at the sorry train camp, we were worried about second line. C. we didn't think that Rijo would be a solid fit, but he looks good. He looks, he looks good. good so far. And you've got, you've got Colton in that three C yeah. role as well. And he, even if he is as good as I think that he's going to be, if you get the good version of Ryan Johansson, who looks comfortable and has again, the weight of the world off of his shoulders. Right. I, mean, I, I don't think we talked enough about the fact that, Ryan Johansson was not just a top line center in Nashville. He was considered a core player. Like if this right. team doesn't get the job done, it's on his shoulders because you're supposed to be one of the stars of this team, a franchise guy. He's just not that. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And in Columbus, as high of a draft pick as he was, he had a really good season, was expected to be that again. It just wasn't. Nashville was not putting him in a position to succeed. And they kept bringing in all these centers, Kyle Turris and Matt Duchesne and Nick Benino and whatever to shore up their center depth. When in reality, they had a problem at one. And that's the fact that they were drastically overplaying a guy and he was making the most money on the team, which brings in more criticism. And now you swap him over here. You, you slash that money in half and you make him the second line center. I wouldn't be surprised if he if he just comes out here this season and just has a ball the, the first time in his life, in his career, he feels like he can just fucking play. Well, and the thing is, too, he, he's still getting paid the full amount. Oh, he's, just yeah, he's still getting that yeah. money, but now that he's getting the full amount, but the pressure's off of it. He, yeah, gets, and he gets the best of both worlds. He literally gets to play against the team that is paying another team to play him against. Like he's he's going to get to play Nashville a couple times. And I, I agree. I think he said that. I think it was Evan or Peter who asked him that question where it's like, how does it feel like to not have all the pressure? He goes, it feels way different. Like th- this is, this is going to be a different experience for me. Yeah. I think Peter asked that. Cause he had that, he had that great article on him, yeah. but, but even still, like, I like, you can I say would... the same thing for Joanne too. Like we talked about it with Joanne. Like he's out of the spotlight of Montreal, man. Yeah. And he gets to just come here and he'll probably play the top line but even there he's the far third star on that top line (laughs) i I kind of warm it up to the idea of him on the second line still even like if you keep leckonen up on the top line and you've got Druan, johansson and nachushkin that's a very balanced line like it is if Druan works here that opens up so many possibilities and you take all the pressure of the money off he's not attached to the mikhail sergachev trade or anything like that and like all the the issues with his tenure there and everything, like all that is gone. It must, it, I, it must feel so good to get a fresh start and not just a fresh start on a true, genuine Stanley Cup contender. Yeah, and the thing is, is like we're talking high of Druan and, and Johansson, um, Johansson, excuse me. Um, if they both get fifty points, that's a success. Like that, that is a great season for both of them. Absolutely, it is. And Johansson, I mean. He looks like a significant improvement on JT Comfer at, at the very least. I feel like his floor is going to be the best version of JT Comfer we've ever Dude, seen. Dude, did you see how many faceoffs he won? <laughs> Wasn't that so nice? You see a faceoff and you don't automatically assume you're going to lose it. 
Yeah, like that's gonna be such a mind fuck when we're watching abs in the regular season. It's like, oh, we actually have a guy who can go out there and oh wow, he's Man. good at this. He went a couple of these. And like, and he looks good in front of the net. The we were talking about the bumper slot on the power play. Like that could become a weapon in this season, like a true dangerous weapon that teams are gonna have to plan for. And I liked his chemistry with Drew Ann. It, he, they, too. Looked, they looked comfortable in that game. They looked at even strength. I they had their moments, but on the power play, they looked good. They yeah. looked the thing good. is, we're not paying those guys, or we're not expecting great defensive performances from both no. those guys. No, I'm not <laughs> like Jonathan Drew Ann. If if he ever has like a takeaway, we should have a party. Like, yeah, he's going to be passing pucks and making good plays in the offensive zone. The second that puck is going the other way, he needs to haul his ass to the bench. Well, and th- think about it. That's my only concern is if you do that and you have Duran on that second line, Val's the only guy who's going to be a good defensive presence out there. Yeah. I mean, so, also, I mean, if you're putting him on the top line and then you're getting line matched, I mean, it's, you, there's going to be, there's, there, no matter how you slice it, there's going to be a defensive deficiency on the ice sometimes with Duran. And yeah. You can either try to bury it and put him on the third line or just try to make the best use of his skills. I, I think that's the part I'm most excited about. We actually like you're talking about our third line is going to be Ross Colton, Miles Wood and Thomas Tatar. That is ridiculous. Like compared to what we had last year, that is such an upgrade. That's and the, I'm I'm going to enjoy line. at least the first couple. Like I'm not even going to say I'm going to enjoy for however long it lasts that that's our top three lines for the beginning of the season. Yes. Uh, I'm going to enjoy it for game one against Los Angeles. And then probably for game two, it'll be completely different. Correct. Correct. But I can't wait for that. Um, And I love the fact that we've spent this entire time, the first, whatever, 30 minutes of the show, we've just talked about the forwards. The D man have been solid too. You had the big news. Kale McCarr returned to practice today. Uh, He said he's, close to 100% or he's working towards it, I think was he's the way he put it. He's, I think he said he's getting there. Yeah. It's like the kind of thing it's not going to get better if he's just sitting still. And I mean, I think there's a little bit of concern there, but I think Bednar also said it best. It's like, I don't think anyone's ever really 100%. Right. And with Kale, I mean, what's he going to do? He's not going to play in the season opener and everything. And if he doesn't play in training camp or the preseason, and he's just going to come out cold. And everyone's going to be like, oh, what's wrong with Bacar? Kale Bacar, yep. Uh, he even said that today too. He he wants to get in for a preseason game. Yeah. And we've seen it a hundred times. A guy misses preseason with injury or a holdout and it fucks with them. Like it sticks around. Not Miko Ranton. Miko came in. Miko is Miko. (laughs) Miko Miko is not a human being. He does not count in this conversation. To that extent, neither is Kale. But we've seen guys before just miss training camp, miss preseason. It takes a while for them to to get their legs under them while everyone else is, is up to game speed. It takes a minute. Yeah, I, so we'll probably see Kale play like one one game, maybe. Yeah, I mean, probably the same as everybody else. Yeah. I imagine. I don't, I don't imagine we'd see McKinnon, Ranton, and Omicar more than twice. I mean, there's only three games left, you know, low bar. But yeah, even so. I mean, it, it's going to be interesting. Um, there was news about Sam Alinsky today. Uh, Bednar said he hasn't been super impressed with him. Is that the way he put it? Yeah, he said it's been quiet. I think we talked yeah. about this a little earlier. Like he's just yeah. had like a quiet camp, but he looked better against the wild. Yeah. I, I think we can lock in that it's going to be um, Hale, Taves, Byram, Manson, Gerard, and Jack Johnson. That's going to be the opening night six. Yeah. The, and then Brad the, Hunt, I think, is safely the seven. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's interesting. They, they did cut Keaton Middleton already, which is interesting because I, I thought he looked decent 
And yeah, but we know it's like we talked about. We know what Keaton Middleton is. Yeah, I mean, it's not like we. Yeah, we don't need to see more from Keaton right. Middleton. You know, he's a guy that if things are going bad, he can come up and be the the smart Jack Johnson type player with a physical edge. Like, there's not a whole lot of stealing to his game, but you're very comfortable with his floor. And I've I've really liked how a lot of the other defensemen have looked on this team in the preseason. Like, there's just so few going wrong right now. I'm kind of concerned actually right. that there's just no. That's what I'm saying, man. We're so preparing little, ourselves to get hurt. So little is going wrong right now that I'm going to end this. I'm going to end my thought here because I don't want to say anything else about it. Like it's going to be, I think it's safe to say, I think Hunt's going to be the seventh defenseman. Yeah. And then worst case, if you're keeping Curtis around, he can play D2. Yeah. Like I think the defenseman, there's going to be injuries. We still don't know Josh Manson if he's a hundred, like he's not back yet. Like we don't know if he's going to play a game. Um, and you have Kale going through what he's going through. Like, I, I think it's safe to say we'll probably see all eight of those defensemen play in probably the first couple weeks. Yeah. Every person we've talked about on this show, with a couple exceptions, is probably going to see some ice this yeah. season. Like, everyone we've talked about hanging around the roster conversation, they're going to get some time during the season. Right now, it's just a matter of who's playing in game one. But Correct. by the time we reach game 50, I imagine most of these guys will have played a game at this point. Correct. Especially especially the forwards. Yes. I I think the D-man more just because the D, just the attrition of the defenseman and the history of the defenseman injuries, I I think that's going to lead more. And I I think now Bednar feels a little bit more comfortable. If a guy's a little banged up, he doesn't feel bad about just giving them an off day. Yeah. I I still think by the trade deadline, I still think there's going to be a move on defense. Like it's just, it feels- I think so too. I wouldn't be surprised on waivers. If there's even a little bit of action there, definitely a goalie, there might be a little bit of action. We'll yep. see. I mean, um, Spencer Martin went to Columbus, which means he got past Anaheim and nobody else when he got put on right. waivers. So we had no chance of that happening. But as we get deeper, more guys are going to get put on waivers. I, I just don't think Bednar's super thrilled about his defensive options at the moment once he get past Jack. I mean, I don't know how comfortable he is throwing Malinsky out there quite yet, just based on... Based on what he's talking, I agree with you. I, I I think honestly, you could expect Keaton Milton to probably get more, more time than than Malinsky if the case gets to it. But they they kept Malinsky around for this round of cuts too, so they're giving him I think a little bit more time with the NHL guys, which I think will be beneficial to him. But I agree with you. I I, I don't I'm not as thrilled about the defenseman depth as I am the forward depth. But if I, I'm comfortable with Brad Hunt playing 20 plus games if he has to, if there's injury. I mean, we, we saw it a bit last year that he's manageable. Right. But, I mean, Brad Hunt, I mean, for as massive as the guy is, or I'm not, I'm thinking of someone else. Brad Hunt is not massive. He's like 5'9. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah, he's like, yeah, 5'9. Think of someone else entirely. Brad Hunt is a lot more like a, like a puck mover. Correct. He's going to move pucks around, get pucks up the ice. And like, I just don't think Bednar loves having that be the extra guy which is not a knock against Brad Hunt. I think he likes the the Keaton Middleton, Curtis McDermott, Jack Johnson role more. The stay-at-home guy who's yeah, just reliable. Because we have that. Like, we right. have Kale out there. We have Bo out there. We have Gerard out there. Brad Hunt sometimes can be a little redundant sometimes. But when those guys... Can. Are, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It, it, it's going to be interesting, but I, I think he's won that seventh D-man job. I would think so. That's so I, It's still very much up in the air at the moment. I like the defensive depth on the Eagles side. I like a yes. lot of what those potential guys have done. Like I thought, I thought Nate Clerman 
has looked he looked good. Good. I thought did Cal Burke end up clearing waivers? I imagine so. Okay. Yeah. The only guy I saw get claimed was Spencer Martin. I think everyone okay. was mostly clear. So yeah, Clerman cleared, but or, yeah, Clerman cleared, Burke cleared. Good. And yeah, I mean, I, I even thought Schneuman looked pretty good for the most part. I mean, Fairbrother got sent down. Seems like the only guy that maybe just didn't do a lot. He also hasn't played hockey recently, so I, he might look a right. little rusty, <laughs> including all that as well. I mean, just not enough at the NHL level, but for the Eagles... They they're looking pretty solid on defense. I agree. It, it's it's going to be an interesting um, how the season plays out because we know, like you said, there's going to be injuries. But I feel more comfortable with a lot of the depth options than I did in years past. Where if everything goes wrong, which you can't anticipate it to with injuries, like we go into was it December last year when everyone was hurt. Yeah, like early just like we played yeah. the Bruins and the Rangers with our AHL team. Yeah, like I feel more comfortable with those that team than the team that we iced last time. So I'm feeling pretty good about it. But uh, the other like last main thing we, we kind of touched on Eustace Annan in, uh, in this preseason. He's looked he's looked solid. Yeah. Like he he's looked good. Um, he looks I improved. Feel, I think he looks yeah. improved. I think just the more and more playing time he gets, the more comfortable he's going to get. Like yeah. in the NHL, like in the AHL, he's shown that he can be a good goalie in the AHL and the NHL. He just needs more time. I feel comfortable until Frankie's back, which again, we still have no idea when he's going to be back. Which I think is not right. That's not good news that we no. have no idea because the Correct. last time we had no idea going in was the season, entire year. It was the entire season. Yeah. So yeah. I don't have my hopes high for that. I mean, I just don't know how much they're willing to bank on Adenen though going into the season like if there's a, a, a decent goalie that sneaks through waivers they're probably going to put in a claim I agree because it's just how we've talked about like yeah we're comfortable with Adenen and doing that though what if this turns into half the season right we're like yeah you want Adenen to get some games and I think they want that for him but I think they want that on their own terms not out of necessity yes. where it's like it's the second half of a back-to-back and you everyone's tired. Are you going to put Eustace Onman out there as a blood sacrifice and allow him to get pierced yeah. five and destroy him? Correct. Like that, that's the part that's going to be interesting. Cause if we're talking Frankie's back at the end of October yeah. and you just have to go through a month with it, I'm totally fine with that. Cause he'll probably play three or four games. Maybe. Yeah. Two, three, maybe four games. I'd be shocked if it was four, but like you're giving him a couple games at most. Yeah. He'll, he'll be fine. So, but that's the thing. We just don't know with Frankie. We just right. don't. I mean, because like and, there's there's no back to backs in October. If anything, October is kind of light. Actually, your hardest stretch is you've got Seattle, Chicago, and Carolina over the course of like five days. Other than oh, that, that's Georgiev's jam, bro. He'll probably play the best game on that honestly, last stretch. You look, you look <laughs> at the schedule. Georgiev might just play all of them anyway. I mean, there there's really not a ton of reasons that he can't, especially since he loves this. And there's so many days off between games. But once you start to get into November, it's still not too bad in November. But the end of November, you have a Minnesota Calgary back to back. Oh, I mean, you're good. I, I don't know. Honestly, now that I'm looking at the schedule on and on, it's not a bad idea. You just give them a couple of games. You've, you've got time, honestly, with the way this early schedule shakes out. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking, too. So and he's looked good enough where I I don't feel bad with him going in there. Look, at some point you do need 
correct have him play at some point there there's going to come a point in uses on an career where the expectation is you need to play and you need to win games at the nhl level there maybe it's better to just have that come early in the season here but it, it all hinges on frankie right now because if if the prognosis for frankie and only the club knows this right now if it's bad and he's gone for let's say half of the season or more then i think you need to put in the claim don't you think they already would have done that then if well, that's, they, if, if well they... no one's come through i mean they're not yeah. they're not going to trade assets for anybody because we we already have very little capital as is and there there's going to be a glut of goalies that come through it's only been spencer martin and he did not even come close to us right. he got claimed by the second team on the list we are way up there in terms of of waiver priority right now but if the the case comes i think they're gonna try and if he sucks the guy whoever it is that they claim then they're probably gonna go to on and after that but i just don't i don't think in my opinion that they're going to lean on on as their first choice because it's just especially if it's half the season yeah if it's half the season it's a different story but like you just said the first two months aren't that bad so Maybe they play it safe. I don't. Maybe Anandin surprises us because I think the goal is to eventually, like, as soon as next year, have him be the backup. Yeah. Next, I think starting next season, you want to go into it with the expectation that, yep, Eustace Anandin is the backup goalie. You do not need to spend any money at this position. Correct. And then if, if like, just keep going from there. But we'll have to wait and see. We don't really know what's going on with Frankie. But overall, man, for being in what the third week of training camp after the third preseason game, this was a lot of stuff just abs related. Like this is the yeah. most abs stuff we've talked about in a while. I oh, feel it, like. feels, it feels so good to return. Yeah, it does. To I mean, last episode, I'll admit I was very out of it and there was not a ton to talk about. I think the that. listeners could tell when we talked about Taylor Swift for like 20 minutes. Yeah. We were talking about how much we don't want to talk about Taylor Swift. And then we yeah. talked about it. And we talked about it. And we're doing it again. So I'm going to yeah, this year. So we're gonna... she's going to the game again on a uh, Sunday. Really? Yeah. No, I did not see anything. I All right, never good. saw it. Who is yeah. this? Who are we talking uh, about? Uh, she's talking to some tight end for the Chiefs. He has um, a podcast. Probably, try, probably Which, trying to like save her. Dude, one of us, I listen to some, one of us needs to date like a superstar. Did you see what happened to the, yeah. the Travis Maybe. Kelsey's podcast? They're number one in the world. Yeah, we should just go do that. I'll find one. Dude, so we'll find, I'm sure there's one on the dating apps, bro. I'm sure. Eventually, right? <laughs> you just got to keep swiping. Just keep throwing those hearts, bro. Just keep throwing them out there. Eventually, <laughs> it's going to hit. So again, it's the gambler's mentality. Yeah. The next one's the big one. The next one's the big one. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets when you sign up. Best of all, nobody's going to be missing out on any of the actions this season because all DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. So what are you waiting for? Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Now, back to the episode. There was some other NHL news. Um, yeah. I, I think the funniest one, and I, I, I'm interested to see what you have to say on this because I kind of have my thought process with it too. 
Mark Stone acting like an absolute child when he gets destroyed on a clean hit, a clean hit. hit. I'm usually the first guy to be like, this was a bad hit. This was perfectly fine. Yeah. Like the thing is, and that's the risk when you play your superstars in these preseason games is a lot of the guys on the opposing team are trying to make an NHL roster and trying to make an impression. So I can see both sides of it where it's like, yeah, if I was Mark Stone, I'd be pissed too if I'm getting laid out in a game in September. But also that Kings player, he's trying to make the team. Like, what was that? Uh, what was that uh, guy from the Senators who got in that beef with uh, Matthews a couple years yeah, ago, and then know, ended up on I the know, same team? I know exactly who you're talking about. Started with an S. It's very ironic that the name is escaping me right, right now because that was right. the whole bit. But yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. Sovereign. Yeah, uh, Sovereign. Yeah, yeah, Scott Sabrin Sabrin. or something yeah. like that, I think was his name. Very very ironic that we can't yeah. remember his name. <laughs> right. So the the whole thing, like Hayden Hodgson lays this hit on Mark Stone. Like there's really not much of a problem with this. I mean, it's it's in the body. It's not a charge. He doesn't shove his neck into the boards, Jordan Eberle. But, and Mark Stone, he takes a big problem with it. And so the the Knights on the team, it's, it's less the on ice stuff that I had a problem with. Because no, you don't want your captain getting right. run over in a preseason game i understand standing up for yourself there even if it is fighting over a clean hit and screaming at 20 year old brant clark might have been a little excessive yeah. but the the comments after the game i thought was pretty chicken shit honestly yeah. like be a be a man let it go tell the listeners what he said if they didn't see it that's a great thing to bring up because i only have the the hit on me right now but basically oh, okay said, basically what he said the reason i asked you is because i didn't see his post-game comments either so (laughs) for a little bit longer i mean basically what he said is that's probably the last time i'll ever play against that guy not really much of a player so i'll leave it at that so he basically just said what austin matthew said but it's also just like dry your tears man it's not that big a deal are you hurt is this going to put you on ltir until the playoffs is this vegas was probably hoping though yeah mccrimmon probably saw it was like is this it is this this it i can score eight million it's just like, it wasn't that big a deal. Like, yeah, stand up for yourself. You don't want yourself getting run over in a preseason game by Hayden Hodgson. But, like, you don't need to say that. Like, right. it's just not even just to add a respect for Hodgson. Like, respect for yourself, man. Right. Like, it just, it looks bad on you. No one cares about it. Now everyone knows Hayden Hodgson's in your head. And now the Kings are probably going to bring him up first time they play you. My first thing was um, that I, I, I love doing this. You go on Twitter and you have the old hockey Twitter who's like, remember when clean hockey hits didn't result in a melee on the ice? And it's like, yes, they okay. did. Yeah, it's like, yeah, they did. Like, that, <laughs> did you should love time. this. Yeah, you should love this as an old hockey. There's there's a scrap going on in a preseason game over a hit. I, I, I just love going on that and seeing the old hockey versus like the new hockey Twitter and them just bicker with each other because I just find it so funny. Yeah, man. I, I love old hockey Twitter because there's like, what happened to my concussions in the sport? Yeah. We need to bring these back more. Anyway, but like the, the, the phrase I hate is keep your head up, but genuinely Mark Stone, like head on a swivel, man. I learned that right. in third grade playing lacrosse. Right. Head on a swivel, it's a contact sport and right. a guy's trying to make an NHL roster. It's, I think the part that bothered me the most is like, it's always been my problem with Vegas. It just dripped with entitlement. It's like, you can't touch me. I just won the Stanley Cup. I'm Mark Stone. You, I am literally so much better than you. I'm offended that you hit me at all. That's yeah, what right. that entire thing reeked of. And I'm just like, ugh. Yeah, we're going to have to go through a whole year of that. I just hope we're, we're ready for that. Team. This fucking team. It is going to be nice that they can't play the plucky underdog card anymore. Right. Now they're just like, going to play the, like, uh, we're the 
we're the champs. We're the you can't touch us. Yeah, or one Stanley Cup. Blah 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 blah. blah. Shut the fuck up, dude. Like it, it's. I'm already annoyed with it, and I haven't even had people say it yet. But uh, you said that so perfectly. It's like, dude, shut the fuck up. Yeah, shut the fuck up, dude. Like, get out of here with it. Um, but let's, that's enough about Mark Stone being a little bitch. Yeah. Um, we had the biggest news. I think was the surprising news about Andre Vasilevsky going to miss six to eight weeks. Yeah. With six to eight, I thought it was eight to ten. Was it eight to ten? You may be right. I almost said six to eight months, and I was like, "That's just not right." That's just the entire yeah. fucking season. Yeah, he's just not gonna play. But regardless, Vasilevsky being out is massive for Tampa Bay. Yeah, and I think it was yeah. You had texted me. It's like JoJo's their starter now. Yeah, J- Jonas Johansson, the Jonas Johansson, the one you're thinking of is as it stands right now the starting goalie of the Tampa Bay Lightning. They are going to make a move. Yes, And they're also ahead of us on waiver positions. So keep that in mind next time a goalie starts going on waivers again. Right. Like this is big because we've talked about the East. This could really put the lightning in a hole. And I still think they're capable. Yeah. I I still think they're capable of making the playoffs, but the East is going to be a lot better this year. And I, there is a legitimate concern that the lightning could miss the playoffs. Yeah. Cause like we, I know everyone's defaulting to like, Oh, well the Bruins were so hurt last year and they were the best team of all time that's not the goalie like that mm-hmm. like yeah that was Marshand and McAvoy, McAvoy and like a, I think a few other guys forgive me if I, my memory's not holding up and that was for like three weeks they were fine like right. those guys came back way earlier than anticipated and the Bruins were already rolling this is Andre Vasilevsky who is year over year arguably the best goalie in the world worst case scenario top three even still and they're not talking like, oh, Brian Elliott's going to go play a couple games. It's it's JoJo. And I love me some JoJo. You know I love me JoJo. That man is in for the fight of his life if they do not make a move immediately. And yes. it's like you were saying, the East, especially the Atlantic, is a death battle right now. I don't know how good the Atlantic is, but I it's all going to be pretty close. And Tampa, I thought, was still very much in the middle of that conversation. If you're taking Vasilevsky out for two months, and this is a back injury, you need your back to move. And even once he comes back, is this going to be the same guy? I mean, you never count out the Lightning, but one of the reasons you don't count out the Lightning is because they have Andre Vasilevsky. Who plays 65 games a year. Right, and is bails them out of a lot of problems a lot of the time maybe hides a couple things on that roster. And if he's not there, I know it sounds crazy to just say, but they are in genuine danger of missing the playoffs. Yeah, I don't think that's crazy. But if you look at a different perspective, Vasilevsky getting another eight weeks off. So if they make a deep playoff run, he'll be well-rested. But if, if he's coming back from back surgery, right? allegedly he got hurt in August is something I saw. This is not something that they just put off for the entire offseason because I thought the timing was weird and it seems like they tried to get him back but th- this is really bad this is like i don't know if they can survive this i think they will i'm not bold enough to say the lightning yeah. are going to miss the playoffs we learned our lesson with the bruins last year right and even still like again with the bruins their guys came back in like three weeks like yeah. if we thought it was gonna be january they were back in early november yeah like it was a much different situation the earliest he can come back is early december i think Based on that timetable, maybe maybe New Year's. I'm not yeah. good at math, and I'm not going to do it. But that's a tough one for them. I it genuinely, is. I genuinely don't know if they can do it because I'm not going to spoil my rankings. 
but I don't have the lightning super high in the East, even with Vasilevsky, because I think there's a ton of good teams and the Atlantic, you've got Buffalo coming up. You got Detroit coming up. You got Ottawa coming up. How far are the Bruins going to fall? How is Florida going to deal with their early injuries? And are they even going to be as bad as they were last year in the regular season? Was that just bad luck? Are they going to be up there again? Are the Leafs? There's a jet, like there's only three teams making the making the playoffs in the Atlantic that aren't wild card teams. And there's only two spots beneath that. And it is a crowded race. I think the only one you can say is for sure safe is Toronto. Like I think Toronto's going to finish in the top three. Yeah. Toronto is definitely going to make the playoffs. I feel okay about Florida. Okay. I don't know, man. I'm I'm a little concerned. Well, we're not going to spoil that because we'll save that for our preview episode. But I I agree with what I mean. I felt comfortable about Tampa being in the playoffs, but I didn't have them super high. Right. And if you're taking Vasilevsky off the board for two months, even if everything goes perfectly, that's if even if they're just okay, that's going to be a big margin to make up. Because Tampa, Tampa doesn't usually start the season great, do they? No. And the thing is, is this was a 98-point team last year. Yeah. Like, they weren't safe. Like, they they kind of got lucky that Buffalo and Florida didn't really push them. They, but, scra- they scratched and clawed their way into that yeah. spot. Yeah, like they had 98 points. And now you're taking arguably the second-best goalie in the world off of the board for six to eight weeks. I agree with you. Like I, they, I think they're going to be in a battle for it, but I, like I said, I'm not going to spoil my, I like Buffalo more than I like Tampa Bay this year. And now that, now that Bassey's hurt, that makes me feel even more confident about that. The East was honestly pretty bad last year outside of like Boston, New Jersey, and Carolina. It really wasn't that good. When you look at everybody else, that is not going to be the case this year. There are going to be good teams that miss the playoffs. Like, little spoiler on my thoughts on Washington. I don't think they're a bad team, but I don't have them in the playoffs because there are so many good teams ahead of them that there's just only so many spots. And I, th- I think Washington's going to be like a 93 point team, but that I don't think it's going to be that's enough. It's going to be enough. Yeah. Like they, they could be even closer to a hundred. I still don't know if that's even going to be enough. Yeah, I think it's going to go back to what it was the year the abs won the cup when it, all eight teams had a hundred points. Right. And that's, that's what I mean. Like it's less about Tampa missing and more just the east is good and yeah. there are, like this could be a lot of turnover in the east and tampa it's not going to be easy for them i don't think you can write off tampa bay as like their windows closed no but let's say that headman has another down year for his standards and he's clearly past his prime you have the stamkos drama going on you have kucherov and point who are still rock solid there could be a scenario where this really is like they're like we could see their window closing. Yeah. I mean, it's, so, it's precarious for them right now. Like I can, I can see an instance where they I kind of love the Atlantic, man. I think the Atlantic's going to be one of the best divisions in hockey. Oh, like, I think it's going, I don't know if it's going to be the best. I think it's going to be the most interesting. Yeah. Cause, Cause they, I like Buffalo a lot. I like Ottawa a lot. I think Detroit's going to be better than what they were last year too. Like those are three teams right there. Buffalo missed the playoffs by one point last year. Yeah. Montreal, Montreal is the only team in that division that I don't think. And I think they're going to be better too, though. And they're going to be decent. Like yeah. they're not going to make it, but they're going to be. I think to they're going to be like a 75 point team. I think they might be more than that. Yeah. Like, they've got talent. They're going to be decent. It's, like, it it's might be interesting. It might man. be a pretty good eighth place team in the division. Yeah. This is going to be, that's going to be a fun division. And then you look at the central and it's like, yeah, it's a bunch of dog shit. <laughs> yeah, it's a bunch of dog shit. And great transition to the central because news breaking today, 
Uh, Minnesota does what they do best, and that is just spinning their tires. They love nothing more than running the same teams back over and over and over again until their fans want to rip their hair out. Matt Zuccarello signs a two-year extension. This is going to be cheaper for them now. Uh, he's going from $6 million to $4.125 for two seasons after this, so he's still there for three years. This is the one that makes me scratch my head. Marcus Foligno gets a four times four extension that kicks in next year. Why? I I don't get it. He's a vibes guy. He's a vibes guy. For four million bucks? It's a lot. Vibes guy for four million dollars? When you have very limited cap space, that's a lot. It's just, yeah, I know. I bet he's a vibes guy. There's also another thing about Marcus Foligno. He's a uh, fucking psychopath that puts himself in the box a lot. And he was not that good last year. No. Do you remember how many goals he had? Three or four, right? It's he had seven. Oh, okay. In a 65 game season for him, he had 21 points, one goal in the playoffs, and just give me a stab in the dark how many penalty minutes he had in the playoffs last year in six games. He took a game, he took like a 10 minute misconduct. I know that. I'm gonna say like 25. 35. Yeah. Like he's four million is a lot. Like I know people gave the caps a lot of shit for uh giving Wilson that contract. At least Wilson scores. At least Wilson's on the right side of 30. Marcus yeah. Fino's 32. Yeah, that's tough, man. That's gonna be a contract I imagine is going to get bought out. That's going to get bought out. And you know it's bad when the cocky as fuck Minnesota Wild fans look at that and they're like, dude, what? Yes. Why'd we do that? Yeah. Because yeah. Minnesota tough. will hype up anything. So you know it's bad when they're like, oh no. Yes. This is bad. It and is bad. I, I get four million's a lot. I, I actually kind of like the Zuccarello deal. I think that's a good deal. I think that's I think it's it's okay. Zuccarello It's a little high, but also like Zuccarello is still producing. Like I have less problem with that because Zuccarello has been pretty much a first line forward ever since he's come right. to Minnesota, especially the last two seasons. But he he is 36. Yes. So there's a real possibility that you probably could have gotten cheaper after the season because there's always the chance of, of decline after this. But again, it just always goes back to my main problem with the Wild outside of my very, very clear disdain for them. As an organization, they love running back the same team until they physically can't anymore. They ran that old Wild core into the ground. They until Hey, they got to the second round once. Yeah, they made it to the second round two times in that entire run. And they squeezed every last drop out of that and luck their way into Kirill Kaprizov. And now this team that has had okay regular seasons, decent regular seasons, and has not been able to get out of the first round, they, they're they just like, we're just going to keep doing it. We're just going to keep running this team back until we physically cannot. And there's also the real possibility that Philip Gustafson comes back down to earth compared to where he was last year. Yeah. Like there's a real possibility that, and Matt Dumba's not there anymore. Like it, the wild could be one of those teams. I, I think we both have them as the third, but there's a real possibility that they could be fighting for that third spot in the central. But that's the thing is like the wild have been third. How many times in a row now, three straight seasons, you go back to that, that uh, what would be the central division in the shortened season again, or no, we were the, we were the West, right? Yeah. The West yeah. division so yeah. in, in that West division, they were third again. And when we go back to normal, they were third. Again, last season, third, again, they're nothing if not consistent. And now you look at them again, 
and th- they are well behind both us and Dallas at the Correct. moment. Correct. Like they they don't take any steps. Yeah, yeah. Matt Boldy could be a lot better this year. How much better is Matt Boldy going to be than last year, where he already had sixty three points in a thirty goal season? He's okay, good. Let's say he gets seventy. Is that pushing you over the top? No. no. Like, is Marco Rossi going to come in here and, and change things for you? That's the part that frustrates me. I always hear about how good the Wilds, like, uh, AHL team is. And I haven't heard about an AHL guy coming up from the Wild who's been good in forever. Right. They just always have these amazing prospects. And I don't think they fit their theme of being psychopaths. Right. That's the Wilds' problem is that they are so tightly wound at all times that, yeah, you know what? It works in game 60 of the regular season when teams are just kind of going through the motions. But when right. you get to the playoffs, it is very easily manipulated. And that is what Dallas did against them last year. They took their incredibly high temper and took Dean Evison's lunch money in that series because they couldn't keep themselves out of the box. Well, he put Fleury in the net. So, right. I mean, that, well, that solved all problems. It, we we have Mark Andre Fleury. We try Mark Andre Fleury for a third time. This time, the vibes are going to carry us to a cup. This is what I mean about this team. They just run back the same thing over and over again, and maybe it'll get them to the second round this time. It's not going to win them anything, and not that I have a problem with that. Yeah, no, I'm cool with them keep spinning the rudders like this. I think it's great. I just don't understand the vision, because this is now the second general manager that's done this with them. Are you surprised that Bill Guerin's going to pay his guys? I'm not surprised by that at all. Not in the slightest. And I think yeah. Guerin is a significant improvement on Chuck Fletcher. Let's make no correct on that subject. But it he, is interesting. It's it just, is. Guerin gets heralded as this incredibly smart general manager when one of the first things he did was tie two ankles around his two two ankles around his weights, two weights around his ankles in terms of those buyouts with Parisi and Suter that are still this season and next of $14 million. And the thing is, is like, I don't think those guys would have been that bad on this team. Like per- Parisi, I think there was a riff there. I think that one yeah. had to happen. But, Sutter, but Suter's been he, a decent NHL defenseman for the Stars the past two years. Well, we asked Stars fans about that last year. Yeah, like no, but he's, he's, but he's been serviceable. Serviceable. Yeah, that's a decent yeah. way to put it. I mean, when he got bought out, I mean, we, we thought were on, the here, we were on yeah. here being like, yeah, that'd be a fine option. It, it's just one of those things where, yeah, they fucked themselves so much by those buyouts. Um, but now, they, like, even when those buyouts expire, finally, not even expire, but, like, go down to under a million each in two seasons from now, now you're putting that money towards Marcus Foligno and Zuccarello, again, older guys. You're not giving yourself the breathing room and the 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 respite that Wild fans will not stop talking about oh, when the buyouts expire. You're still kind of handcuffing yourself yep. with these deals, and you're not going to be able to make those game-changing moves that you want. I don't even think the Coyotes would take on Felino if they if the trade came around. Hey, don't under do not underestimate yeah, what a what a tasty draft pick would do. Yeah, the Arizona Coyotes. But it, it's going to be interesting. The NHL is just going. I'm so excited, man. Like we didn't even mention it. They played games in Australia this past week. Like yeah. that was fucking the crazy. only thing I saw was Logan Cooley having that yeah. disgusting goal. Did not see anything else about it. Right. right. Like it's just like there were games in Australia. Like that's pretty fucking cool. Like and literally down under there were games. Yeah, I don't know what that, that accent you, you was. Try that accent again real quick. Do no, I don't. Down under. Hey, down under. On yeah. the Bobby. 
<laughs> oh, and that is shrimp. I, I, no, I'm not even going like, to try. I just have no idea like where they're going to play the next one because they've literally gone to every country. <laughs> like, every every single all. one. All of them. Except Russia. They're not going to go to Russia. I can, I can promise you that. I can guarantee it. They will not play a global series game in Russia. They, had a, um, they, they planned for it a while ago. Yeah, they did. They did. Not anymore. But uh, there's a couple other NHL things I wanted to talk about. Oh, there's, um, we, we want to talk about my favorite things. A list has come yeah. out. And let me go. go let first. me go first. Uh, I was a guy that we had our eyes on maybe as a trade deadline acquisition. Mikhail Backlund for the Flames signed a two year extension was named captain. Um, so that one's gone. Yeah, but I, I think that's that was the right choice for the Flames. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's decent price. And I mean, they need something to go right. well for them. And it just seemed like there might have been a little bit of a rift between them and Backlund. But money will solve We're everything. And so yep. will a little uh, letter being sewn on the jersey. So, yeah, who uh, else got named captain that I'm forgetting? Uh, we talked about Marchand. Braden Shen. Braden Shen for the Blues. I think that was the right choice, too. Uh, did we ever um, talk about Quinn Hughes? Yeah, I don't know if we did. Quinn Hughes got it. Um, I like that one, too. I think JT Miller's too much of a psychopath, and I think that is the sign that maybe Elias Pedersen may not be on the team. Oh, actually. you know, I think we did talk about this because I, yeah. I remember you saying that. But Yeah, so um, that's pretty much a captain. The Oilers and... The Flames dropped the Heritage Classic jerseys. I really liked the Oilers. I don't like the pants, but I thought their jerseys were cool. I see what um, they were going for. Yeah, it didn't I don't think it worked in execution, but I could I could see like the old rustic look they were going. Yeah, for. looks cool. Look, I like them. I like the. I jersey. do too. I, I like how the jerseys. oil drop had the number in it. I thought yeah, that was a nice. I thought touch. that was cool. I mean, I'm, I'm always the first to complain about jerseys and be like, "This sucks." I thought they were cool. I thought they looked kind of cool. I too. liked the vision and I liked the color schemes. I think they'll look pretty good. Also, the first time I learned that there's a Heritage Classic this year. And yeah. probably the last time I hear of it until the day before the game. Correct, because the NHL just loves to market them, and that's a Canada game, so we probably won't hear shit about it. Oh yeah, like they like they won't even have TNT doing that. Correct, game. they're just going to steal the Sportsnet broadcast and put it on NHL Network. Correct. So that'll be fun. What other what other news of list of favorite things did you have? Because those are the only things I had. Well, my favorite thing ever is is lists, and ESPN. Okay put out oh, yeah. the list to end <laughs> all lists. I would ignore it if this was just, you know, someone just tweeting out their list. The fact that this is ESPN putting this out in an official article, the top 10 NHL teams for the next three seasons. The abs are not on it. Correct. Neither are the Oilers. But Correct. The is on it. The Red the Columbus Blue Jackets. <laughs> the Blue Jackets and the, the Kraken. Yeah. And also Minnesota and Dallas. Yeah. Number one is New Jersey. Let's just go through the whole list. Number one, top 10 NHL teams for the next three seasons. Number one, the New Jersey Devils. Number two, Carolina Hurricanes. Number three, the Buffalo Sabres. Number four, the Detroit Red Wings. Don't Number see the vision there. The first three you can make an argument for. Okay. The first yeah, three I, you can make I an can argument see, for. I can see a future for that. Correct. Number five, I still think this one's weird. The Seattle Kraken. They don't have like a star player coming, but it's a solid team. I don't think they're going to win a cup in the next three years. I, I think the Kraken are going to be good for the next three years. Yes. I don't know how good they think Maddie Beniers is. Top five. I think he's a 90-point player max. Is it, and in the next three yeah. years, we will I, 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 I can see the Kraken having a good future. They have like really solid – they don't have a star coming up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're going to be a solid team. I have nothing bad to say about the Kraken. I don't think they're cup worthy in the next three years, though. No, no. And number six is Dallas, which I mean, I'm I'm fine with them being top ten. Yeah, I'm fine years. with that too. That seems like a good number, spot for number them. Number seven is Minnesota. 
And it's also we just keeping, yeah we went through that whole thing with Minnesota. We don't need to keep it. They shouldn't be there. But it's like <laughs> for the for the timetable of three seasons, two of them have the fourteen million dollar correct weights wrapped around them. So number eight is Vegas. Sure, they've been that way yep. most of their existence. I can yep. see that. Number nine is Columbus. Don't see that. I I think Fantilli is going to be an excellent player. I think they have a lot of young players that are going to progress, but. When I think of teams that are going to be the best in the next three years, I see who's going to win a cup. There's no chance in hell Columbus is winning a cup in the next yeah. three years. And number 10, the Kings. Uh, that's relying a lot on the fact that Kopitar and Dowdy don't fall off the mountain. It's, it's, it's like at number 10. And like, they have no goaltending. Like the, the Kings are like the least offensive thing on this. Yeah. Because, okay, I can see the Kings being 10th. Fine. And so no Avs, no Correct. Oilers. Correct. No Leafs, no Blackhawks, which is interesting because of Connor Bedard. Correct. I don't, know if, I don't know if I'd have them on here, but to have Columbus on there, yes, shows how much they're leaning on future. Talent. Remind me the guy who made this list. I can't remember who. I, I kind of just blanked it out because I just thought that list was so funny. Probably- that was clearly an off-season list that they put together to get good engagement, and they got a fuck ton of engagement from it. the The author is NHL Insiders. So no one wanted to put their name on this. Correct. So they were just going for clicks, which I almost kind of respect. And that's my problem with most lists is that most of them are just for clicks. And I would be ignoring this if this wasn't the fucking rights holder for the sport. Yes. Reading out this list. Very funny. Um, I I agree. Like the top three, they, they didn't get them wrong with the top three. I think Buffalo is a little high. I like, think, I think they, Buffalo is going Carolina to could drop out of the top three, but that's not the point. Carolina, everyone's going to always be high in Carolina yeah. because you look at them and it's like they have every defenseman on the face of the planet. Like the, the if they can just put it together in the playoffs, they're going to win championship. Um, I thought it was interesting too. There's no New York Rangers on there. Yeah, um, I mean, like the Rangers for me, if they were on the list, would be probably nine, ten, maybe. But yes. like the fact that you don't have any Colorado, Edmonton, or Toronto, where like three, four of the four best players in the world reside. All yes. of the best players in the world reside either in Colorado, Edmonton, or Toronto. Yes. And none of them you see. This isn't a 10 years from now list. This is three. Correct. Oh, and remind oh, me, McDavid's contract ends in three years, right? Something like that. Not So soon the enough. Oilers are going to be competing for a championship for the next three years minimum. Not soon enough for them to fall out of the top 10 in three years. <laughs> where yes. Because they still have three years of McDavid and two of Dreisaitl. What the fuck do you think is going to happen to these guys that they're Correct. just going to fall off the face of the earth while they, they still have Hyman and Kane? Like they don't have this max exodus of contracts. But and they have a rookie goaltender the... contract right now, too. I mean, they're paying Jack Campbell, but let's discuss the elephant in the room. What the fuck do you think is going to happen to the abs in three years that they are going to fall out of the top 10? I can understand not having them like top three. You know, you think. I think it's fair. Contracts are going to come up and take up too much space or whatever. Blah, blah, blah. blah. The top 10 in three years. There's a lot of recency bias with how they went out in the first round. That's that's the only reason why. Like, that's the only reason you can think about is because they thought they were one hit wonder. When we both, and I think, I don't know if the national media agrees with it because I haven't seen a lot of national media. I'm obviously just consuming a lot of the local stuff. But everyone seems pretty high on this Avs team with what they've added. They are significantly better than what they were last year. Right. And they still won the division last year. Which is why I'm I'm just having such a hard time wrapping my brain around. Because I, I also understand, is this what the rankings are going to be in three years? 
or combined the next three seasons. Yeah. That would require me to read the article. I saw it and I was like, I'm not giving it a click. I am not subscribing to ESPN plus I have ESPN plus yeah. I've unsubscribed just so I don't have access to this article yeah like they, they went for clicks it's very funny um well I also I just... found it I also found it funny that it got tweeted out by like like oh, what's his name Nate Nathan um, yeah that guy that's the guy yeah. who I thought wrote it yeah it, was, it wasn't him well he, I found it funny that he tweeted out the list so that I couldn't click on it and give them the click. So right. the only time I've ever appreciated an aggregator putting out another person's list. Yeah, it's it's a pretty dumb list. Uh, say what you want about the Avs. It may not be Cubs favorites anymore. This team in the Even next then, three years yeah, I is would, going to. I still would absolutely argue that they are at like the top of the list right Correct. Now. At least in the West. What's going to happen next season, apparently, that is going to put this team through the floor where they're not even top 10, not even in consideration? I don't know. I, I mean, there's something that could happen, but I'm not going to say it because I don't want to put it out in the and universe. The, the bottom 10, I think, is not as interesting, but also is just shows, like, I think a lack of imagination. Number 32 is interesting. It's Calgary. They think it's going to be the worst team. That's fair. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. I could see that one. That's fair. Okay. I'm going to speed run this. We're not going to talk about every single one. It's Calgary. We're going from bottom to top. Calgary, Vancouver, the Islanders, the Sharks, the Capitals, the Canadians, the Blues, the Flyers, the Bruins, and the Coyotes. Not nearly as offensive as the top. Not nearly as offensive, but I don't know why people are sleeping on the Canadians so much. I think the Canadians in a couple of years could be really good. I think it's um, just... I think there's just like a lack of imagination going yeah, on. Yeah, and like the Coyotes, I think, could be a very surprising team in the next couple of years. Yeah. I really like what the like, Coyotes are doing. You, you don't think the Canadians are taking any steps in the next yeah. three seasons? I, I think they will. I kind of like what the Flyers are doing with the direction now. I kind of like what the if Flyers they, are doing. If they're getting Meechkov within three years, they're not going to be there. Right, the, right. I mean, like the Capitals, the Bruins and everything. It's just like they're old, whatever. Yes. Fine. Like you don't think the Sharks are doing anything in three years? At all. I think they'll still be in their tank, but I think they're going to have some fucking badass prospects in yeah. three years. But this is what I mean. Not nearly as bad as the top, where it's just like, what the genuine hell are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Very funny, honestly. Very funny. Um, I did want to close one more thing. I don't know if we talked about this on on Tuesday's episode or Monday's episode, whenever we recorded. Did we talk about Devon Taves and the stuff that came out in 32 Thoughts? Where he's going to cut off contracts talks. If well, there was more that came out today where it's like the Avs, the problem they're having right now with the contract is tenure. Yeah, this this happened today. Yeah. So I, I, I still think it's positive signs that maybe something gets done. If I, I just – the thing is, is if you give more term, you bump down the AAV. And if you give less term, you have to bump up the AAV. So I think that's going to be the – the sticking point. I'm still not getting my hopes up that something's going to get done before the end of the season or the end of the preseason. But I will say I've gone from like 70, 30, he doesn't come back to, I think it's 50, 50. Yeah. And I, I, it's fair to be concerned about the term. If you're the abs, I mean, he's going to turn 30 in February. I don't think you want to give out a full eight years. I think five years is a perfect medium for him, but I imagine there's going to have to be a pretty steep compensation that comes back the other way. Well, and Taves said, I think it was Freeman said that that Taves knows if he signs with Colorado, he's leaving money on the table. Right. Right. It's it's really just going to be that simple. There's going to have to be a compromise somewhere. I think in a perfect world, the app signed him to three to four years and just have him until he's 33, 34. 
I think five, I think six is the max they're going to do. Honestly, I, I think six is almost pushing it a little too much. Yeah, I, I agree. But I, but I think there's going to have to be a compromise in there. And I think Taves is compromising enough by leaving the amount of money he's probably going to leave on the table. Yeah, and there's probably going to have to be no movement clause, no trade clause and everything. I wonder if they could structure the contract to where if like they gave him like a seven-year deal where it's like the first four years, the buyout's ridiculous high, ridiculously high, but then the last three years, it's like a million. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a... Yeah, we're not cap experts, but I, I just think it's interesting because I went into the season fully anticipating this to be the last season of Devontae's with the Avs. But now with all these, it seems more and more likely that they're going to be able to get something worked out. Yeah, they're trying. Right. At the very least. It, it, there's progress being made and it it doesn't sound like there's enough of a, a, a rift that they can't get it done. Correct. And maybe maybe it gets shut down going into the season and we revisit this in June. But it sounds like there's enough of a groundwork laid out that I I think there's a, a pathway to getting. I think there is too. Like like I said, my my optimism for it has gone to 50-50. Yeah, my my optimism has gone way up because I was yeah. kind of in the same boat. Where it was just like I'm I'm mentally prepared for this to be the final season of Devontae's. I'm a little scared of what that contract is going to look like. I'm not going to lie. But, I am too, but it's at that same point, man. If you can get the last five good years of Devon Taves, and sure, the last three years may stink, but are the abs going to be that good and competing for cups in right. six and years from now? That's the thing. If you're losing out on Devon Taves and giving up the best pair in hockey, right? what are you going to do with that money that is going to make up the difference of letting that guy walk out the door that is going Correct. to give you a chance four years from now to win a Correct. cup, you can be winning one now. And that's where I think you have to, like the abs have been so smart with the contracts they've given out and they've given out solid contracts. They haven't over, they've overpaid for some players, but they're, you're going to have to do this once in a while. And I think we all understand, like this is the cycle of being a good team. You're yeah. good for like five to eight years. And then you're going to be dog shit for five to eight years. And, yeah, and then you get back up. And even still, like even if they sign this deal and Taze goes downhill, how bad is this team Correct. going to be? Like it's not like oh Taze is a second pair defenseman making seven and a half million dollars. That's not terrible. I mean, that's right. much worse situations to be in, and you're still going to have all of your superstars. Like yeah, maybe we're not at the top of the board, but like probably still a consistent playoff team. Right. We've seen as long as you're in, you have a chance, and it's not you have like a chance. They, it's not like they haven't handed out risky contracts recently. Right. Val's a risky contract. Very. Josh Madison's a risky contract. That one's already looking bad. Yeah. And Gabe, risky yeah. contract too. They're, sometimes you got to take a risk and keep a good player. That's that's just where I sit on it. And that's where I sit on it too. And it's, it's going to be very interesting. But I think the Avs are kind of the same mindset we are too, where it's like, yeah, he may suck at that 36, 37, but – 30 to 35 you that you're you deal with you that deal problem with you deal with yeah. that problem when you get and it. worst case if he sucks you have him fake an injury and he goes on ltir for the last right. two years like there's deal. just i feel like there's a much better way to deal with cap problems than losing Devontae's. right like just i completely agree because like what if four years what, what, did, what was ej's contract before he left wasn't it like 6.4 6.5 I, I think it was just six even if you could get Devontae's for six for a seven by six, 
that that's not I that know, bad. I know Taze knows that he's going to leave money on the table. I think that's a non. Yeah, he'd be leaving like fourteen million on the table at that point because yeah, he, he, he could be making eight. Because EJ was uh, six million for seven years signed in twenty fifteen, which in today's money would be a lot more. Still correct. I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting, but my optimism has has increased on it. From to I was just going to appreciate the last year of Devon Taves and he's going to leave. To now, it's like, like this is the type of thing we didn't hear with Nazem Kadri or Andre Burakovsky. Like right. we didn't hear these types of stories with them. With this one, the fact that Elliot Friedman's even heard that the discussions are going positively shows that the Abs want it to be known that they want to keep Devon Taves. Yeah, and like I don't think there's any delusions that like the Abs like see something in Devon Taves that they shouldn't sign or like the warnings that there are none. Right. Devontae's is Devontae's. The <laughs> only concern is the mythical aging curve, where yes. it doesn't always affect everyone the same. And, you know, this is just purely coping right now because, like, Devontae might age fine. He also might not. That's just the risk you take when you sign a player who's about to turn 30. But yeah, we haven't also- seen a defenseman like him where it comes into the aging because he's not a big hitter. He, he's just, he's very smooth. We haven't seen that. He could, like, on paper, you would expect him to age pretty gracefully. Right. Considering the fact that he, has only played like not a lot of seasons in right. the NHL for a 29 year old. Like this isn't like his 10th season in the league. He only came into the league in 2018. Like this, this coming season is season six for Devontae. Yes. So I, I, the signs point to him aging gracefully. Will he be the number one defenseman that we like top pair defenseman? Probably not by not year six or seven, but I would rather have him for years one through five where he's going to be that top black guy and you can go from there right. in a perfect world. The abs sign him to a five-year deal in a perfect world. And maybe, I don't maybe think they do that. Though. Maybe that's the compromise. You give him a little more money and you get him for five years or something like that. I don't know. I'm not the general manager, but the way I see it is you have a better chance of winning a Stanley cup over this and the next three seasons than you would with the money you're saving in year five, Correct. regardless, because you're, you're paying ranting in soon anyway. You're going to have to pay all these guys anyway. It's going to be hard regardless. I'd rather climb the mountain with Taze than without him. Yes, I would too. For the next three years at least, I completely agree with you. Imagine if he signed like a one-year deal. How fucking cool would that be? I think that would suck because he might just get more yeah, money next time. <laughs> He'd have an even better year. <laughs> even better year. It's like, okay, now I want 10. Yeah. Oh, but if, if a sweet, in a perfect world, he signs a five-year deal and we don't have to worry about Devon Taves again till he's 35 um but i i'm encouraged by it man i think it's good news that this is coming out that they're they're working on it because i i honestly thought that they would just say sorry bro we know you're gonna ask for too much money like we can't pay you yeah i thought they would say that it comes from Devontae's being willing to play ball and understanding the situation and maybe understanding that like this is still going to be his best chance to win and has already won and he knows they are going to take care of him is he going to find – he's not going to find – I'm answering my own question. He would not find a partner better than Kale McCarr. Right. Like Kale like, McCarr makes him look better. Right. And like Devontae makes Kale McCarr look better. Like even if you went to Dallas and played with like Merrill Heiskanen or whatever, like it's still not the same. Like I even put that in the world, bro. That's just what I'm saying. Like not Kale. None of these guys are Kale. Even if you go to Buffalo and you play with Dalene, you're that's not Kale. None of them it's are not. The only team I could see him leaving for is I could see Lou Lamoureux being enough of an idiot to like be like, hey, I realized my mistake. Come on home. <laughs> Gives yeah. him like 10 million a year. Yeah. Just the the one the one he got that got away. That's why the one that got away. That's why Lou never trades anybody anymore. Yep. yep. He doesn't do anything. But I'm encouraged by that. 
Um, we packed a lot into this episode, so I think we need to cut it here to save us for Monday night when we're recording because I don't know if there's going to be. We are already well approaching the 90 minute mark. Yeah. We've got to wrap this one up regardless, but even still, a lot of fun. Felt a lot better on this one. This one is when there's stuff to talk about. These episodes are so much more fun because we can just go off the rails. And uh, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, I enjoy this one a lot. We're going to be going back to our normal schedule, back recording on Monday, posted on Tuesday. We're going to keep this up until I decide otherwise, which might not ever happen. So we're going to keep it up this way. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. You can use promo code TELADABS, it is, on Seeking for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at GYoungsNHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore belay. And you can follow the show at TELADABS, it is. But again, thank you all so very much for tuning in. And we will catch you all next time. But until then, let's go abs. Let's go abs.